Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. He said to his disciples, you bring me what you have. I'm going to use that and combine it with the power of God. You see, Jesus wants to involve us in the work of the ministry. And as he does that, often he has to challenge our faith. God could have changed the whole world without man. Very simply, send a few angels. But he he chose to serve the world with love through you and through me. Jesus could have handled the feeding of the 5,000 differently. He could have just miraculously provided food himself and not involved man at all. God could do that today as well. He could do everything that needs to be done himself and not involve man. In today's message, Pastor Mark teaches us that it is God's desire to use us, man, to accomplish his work. When Jesus fed the 5,000, he chose to use his disciples in that work. He used what the disciples had, combined it with his power, and fed the people. Are you willing to be involved in God's work in the world? Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with part two of his message entitled, Best Fed, Best Loved People. Well, understand today, pastor teachers are here to teach you the word of God. As a result, you get healthy. And as you get healthy, you begin to serve because you feel fed and you feel loved. And as you serve, you're built up, you're unified, there's unity, there's maturing. You're not tossed back and forth. One good thing about being a Christian for many years, I've been a Christian over 50 years, I'm used to every wind of doctrine that comes blowing through. Some of you new Christians say, what are you talking about? There'll always be some crazy thing that will come through and people will run to this town and run to that town and run over here because God's moving here and it's a new thing. Well, in a few months, that all crashes and burns and most of those people lose out with God. No, you're not going to be an infant running here and there. You know, what God just wants us to do is serve with our gift, plod right here and watch him do miracles. That's what it's about. There's a new thing and I don't have time this morning. It's called the Emergent Church. And their goal through the United States now, it's a real threat. They say to us, well, you have to be relevant when you teach the word of God. Well, amen. We are relevant. Understand this principle. The methods always change. The message never changes. So you hear them, and you hear some of them say, well, uh, the first five books of the Bible, I don't think, they're just allegories. Careful. Wind of doctrine. Here we go. And you'll see today, even in some of these emergent churches, they've gone back to icons and worshiping icons and doing all, amazing. 
Guys, be careful. I was watching uh, something the other day while I was exercising in my uh, Schwinn Airdyne. And this guy was talking about faith, and I liked it until he got to this point. He said, now, when you know God's going to heal you, and you can see that in the scripture, God's promised to, you just go to God and say, God, I demand that you heal me. I kind of got off my bike, turned the TV off, and said, well, I'm not going there. Hey, guys, we don't demand anything of God. That's crazy doctrine. It's dangerous doctrine. So as you mature in the Lord... What happens? Here's what you want to write. Healthy sheep reproduce. How does the church grow? Does it grow by lots of advertising? No. But how does the church really grow? It grows from you saying, here's a place, come and hear the word. Here's a place where you'll be loved. And that's what happens. When healthy sheep reproduce, God's word goes. So our priority, like Jesus, is simply the teaching of the word of God. That's what we're, that's our basis. That's what I do. And that's why you get fed. And that's why you mature. So when the next wind of doctrine comes, you go, nah, not interested. Not interested. Now, Matthew 14, look at verse 15. Now as evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. So here's 20,000 people. They're a long way, little teeny, out in an area, nothing around. And the disciples go, man, I hear these guys grumbling a little bit. They're hungry. Send the crowd away, they say to Jesus, so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Hmm. See, the disciples look out at the people and they go, wow, we got no way to minister to these people. You better, Jesus, send these people away. Look how Jesus replies in verse 16. Jesus replied, they do not need to go away. You ought to circle this in your Bible because this is the way God works. He says, You give them something to eat. Do you understand that God, by the way, let's just think about this. We know that actually in the other gospels that Jesus sent out a couple of the disciples to see what could be found. And they came back with these five loaves and two fishes. And it was actually a test. But you know, before he sent them out, you know what Jesus could have done? He could have looked out on these 20,000 people and said, God, we need 20,000 bagels with cream cheese and lox, oy vey. Just provided God with a nice little bag. Could God have done that instantaneously and created that? You say, well, I don't think so. Well, yes, he could. I mean, he created the world in six days. What's a little bagels and lox? Big deal. But he doesn't do it. The disciples go and they come back with five loaves and two fishes. Impossible. Jesus says, take those and you go feed them. The truth of this whole story is in this next verse. Make sure you understand it. As they said, we have only five loaves and two fishes. Notice what happens. The disciples are saying to God, here's my need. What am I supposed to do with it? Look in verse 18. Jesus says what? Bring it to me. Today, the solution to your need is always, watch, bringing it to Jesus. Doesn't matter what the need. Now, really, if the disciples would have stopped and thought a moment, this five loaves and two fishes wouldn't have been a big deal to them because they had history with Jesus. By the way, do you have history serving God? Let me ask you, did, how many times did God fail you in your life? Never. But remember, Romans says all things work together. He comes through for us. 
You have history with God. What should the disciples have thought of? Was there another time that a miracle had to be performed to provide for the lack of something? Think about a wedding. Remember, Jesus is at a wedding, first miracle. They ran out of wine. All they had was these big barrels of Melbourne water. (laughs) And what did Jesus do with them? Turned them into the best wine ever. Notice what he said in that story? Bring them to you. Me. If you have a need this morning and you have history with God, quit worrying. Bring the need to Jesus. If you don't have history, start today. You will. It's the same Jesus. It's always the same answer. So as they do that, notice this next statement I want you to write. We have the need this morning. Now we have the resource. In a few moments, the result. To meet the need, Jesus used what the disciples had and combined it with the power of God. He didn't create anything from scratch. He said to his disciples, you bring me what you have. I'm going to use that and combine it with the power of God. You see, Jesus wants to involve us in the work of the ministry. And as he does it, often he has to challenge our faith. God could have changed the whole world without man. Very simply, send a few angels. But he chaired He chose to serve the world with love through you and through me. Well, look how he did it in verse 19. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and two fishes. He looked up to heaven. By the way, he knew where his source was. It was God. And he gave thanks. You know, this prayer would have been a Jewish prayer of food. It goes like this. Blessed art thou, Jehovah, our God, King of the universe who bringeth forth bread from the earth. See, he blessed the food for what he had, not for what was going to come. Be thankful for what you have. God will multiply it. Be thankful. He gave thanks and he broke the loaves. Then he gave it to the disciples and the disciples gave it to the people. You got to put yourself in the sandals of these disciples Each one was a waiter to about 1,600 people. How would they get this food out? Well, Jesus organized the crowd. Mark says in 1,500s. He gave thanks. He prayed to God. God multiplied the bread, and the disciples fed the people. That's it. Can you imagine as they went with those loaves and fishes, each a disciple, about 1,600 people, and they gave, and they had to come back, and they got more, and they came, and they had to come back and got more, and they came. What was going on in their mind? Man, incredible. Just incredible. So you have 20,000 people. You have five loaves and two fishes. Then you have Jesus, and you have the disciples. He uses the disciples to build their faith. If you take Jesus out of this story... What do you have? Zip. 20,000 hungry people, mad people, frustrated disciples. Listen, if you take God out of your life, what do you have? Nothing. If you don't have God in your life, you have nothing. You weren't made to do life without God. And so that's that beautiful picture of us being taught, fed, 
minister to in a church, challenge, learn our gifts, bring what we have. That's you. What does God want? He wants you. In this passage, it says, we only have five loaves. Here's what I hear from people lots of times. I'm only, I can only, I'm only gifted, I'm only, forget the only. That's who you are. That's the gifts God's given you. He wants to use all of you. Present your body, Romans 12, as a living sacrifice. And when he uses you, he blesses people like crazy. That's, that's what life is about. Remember, birth, life. Here we are. Are you doing that? Are you bringing yourself to Jesus and using your gift? That's how it all works. It was a beautiful picture to challenge the disciples. Now, look at verse 20. And they all ate and were satisfied. The disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. And the number of those who ate was about 5,000 men besides women and children. So we have the, we have the need and we have the resource, which is God, the power of God and man. What are the results? Here are the results. You don't need to write them, but look at them, how beautiful it is. As a result of being used and being ministered to by the miracle of God, all the people were, number one, taught. Then they were, well, they felt love. Do you think they felt love when they left that mountaintop? Oh, yeah. Somebody cared for us. He taught us spiritually and he fed us. They were all filled as much as you wanted. And there was stuff left over, remember? Twelve baskets. And as the disciples gave the food out, they were fulfilled. I tried to say that to you before, unless you're serving, you'll never find purpose in your life. Serving brings purpose and meaning. And last, who got the glory? God. You actually think when the Peter handed out the locks and bagels to this guy, the guy says, oh, thanks a lot, terrific miracle. No, they knew exactly who blessed it. It was Jesus. Guys, when God uses us, it's never about me. It's always about him. Notice, Jesus always satisfies all our needs. Not our wants, but our needs. He said, well, I'd rather have my wants. No, quite often we don't want the right thing. If you have history with God, you know exactly what I just said. As we've said many times, I'm so glad for the prayers God didn't answer. So God always equips us with enough. Stretches our faith. The need for God was obvious. The opportunity was there. And we got to see God move mightily. You bring your resources to God and watch him multiply your life. When I went through this story, a little song that I used to sing many years ago came to my mind. I'll just give you one verse in the chorus. In the harvest field, now ripen, there's a work for all to do. Hark, the voice of God is calling to the harvest, calling you. Little as much when God is in it. Labor not for wealth or fame, There's a crown, and you can win it if you go in Jesus' name. You see, little is much when God is in it. My goal is to study the Word of God, but the one that's really feeding you is the Holy Spirit. He's the teacher, and you're getting healthy, and you're serving, and God's kingdom is great because you feel loved, and you're full spiritually. 
socially, emotionally, mentally, in every way. God's good, isn't he? Remember that song, I Can Smile. Yeah, that's what it's about. Now, let me give you the point number five. I mean, let me go back and give you lessons for living. Five key points. Five key points. Here we go. Jesus wants his sheep well-fed and well-loved. Well-fed and well-loved. That's our goal. Number two, like Jesus, we must have compassion for people. Not just compassion that hurts for people, but love in action. Number three, like Jesus, we need to simply teach the word. No person can really become healthy unless they have a good, balanced teaching of God's word. That's why we go through verse-by-verse teaching and relate it to our lives, practical application of our lives. Number four, invest what you are and what you have and watch God work. You see, each of us have spiritual gifts and, and we need to use them to meet the emotional, physical, and spiritual needs of people. You have a gift. It was obvious the disciples never even thought of meeting this need. They looked at their own limited resource and went, we can't do it. But God says, no, no, no. I want to stretch your faith. Take what you are, what you have, where you at, and watch God move you. Some of you are saying, well, Pastor Mark, I, I got to get through this in school, and then the kids got to grow up, and then I got to do this, and when the business gets right and I get all that done, then I'm going to be useful to God. Hey, guys, life's over. Remember birth, life. No, you start investing your life here. Invest your life here for something that outlasts it. And that's where fulfillment comes. You say, well, when I get to this area of the world and do it. No, right here and now, serve God. Remember the disciples? Send them away. Jesus says, no, 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 no. You feed them. Notice, invest what you are and what you have right here and watch God work. That's what he was trying to say to his disciples. He's trying to say to his disciples, hey guys, when I leave, it's not about bread and fish. It's about the souls of men and women. And you're not going to think you have much. Oh, it comes to me, Acts chapter 3. Remember the lame man? He says, give me some silver. Peter looked at his hand. I don't have any. But what I do have, whoo, in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. Do you understand? You see, God was trying to teach him. I believe probably Pete went back to this. Little as much when God's in it. And see, the one that gets the glory is always God. Number five, realize that God is the solution to all mankind's problems. Ecclesiastes 6-7 says this, All man's efforts are for his mouth, yet his appetite is never satisfied. The things of this world, guys, will never satisfy our hunger for God. You can't substitute new outfits, new houses, drugs, new sexual adventure, stuff, money, vacations. You can't substitute that for God. It never fills your hunger. Do you know in a marriage, a spouse can't fulfill every need of their husband or wife? The only person that can completely, can completely satisfy you is Jesus Christ. 
It's the only one. Realize that God is the solution to every single problem you have. Let me give you an example of that. Jesus made some incredible statements in three verses. They're all talking about spiritual. Watch the first one. Jesus said in John 6, I'm the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry. He see, he was talking spiritually. Until you have a relationship with God, you'll always be hungry in your life. You'll be searching for something and meaning it's God. It's not religion. It's relationship. Then Jesus said, and he who believes in me, he'll never be thirsty. Jesus simply states, I'm the bread of life. If you turn your life over to me, your spiritual hunger, you might not even know you have it. It'll be fulfilled, satisfied forever. Jesus certainly, in this passage, what we just read this morning, gave bread that provided for physical life. Here he's talking about eternal life. Look at John 4, 14. Whoever drinks the water that I give will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. You're thirsting for meaning and purpose. It's only found in God. Not anything else will ever satisfy the wisest man, the richest man in the whole world. And yet his appetite is never satisfied. I like John 8, 12. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Do you understand this? Jesus said, if you eat this bread, me, if you have a relationship with me, you'll never be hungry again. If you drink this water, you'll never be thirsty again. And if you follow me, you'll never lose direction. Here we are. Remember, there's, there's birth, and then there's life. And on life, we're trying to do it, some of us, on our own. And God's saying to us, stop. Make a U-turn, which is repentance. I'm recalculating. I'm going to give you grace. Get back on the road. If you follow me, listen, you'll never walk in darkness. Do you understand? If you have God, everything will work out fine. Now, you can't get that promise from anyone but God. Here's a statement I want you to write down. I want everybody to write it. It says this. Followers of Jesus are fulfilled, loved, cared for, and never lost. Never lost on the road of life. Do you feel fulfilled? Do you feel loved? Do you feel cared for? Do you know that you're directed by God? That's the privilege of a follower of Jesus Christ. God is capable of completing His work on His own, but instead, He chooses to use us in what He's doing. In today's message, Pastor Mark reminded us of how God accomplishes His work. He takes the meager resources we have, combines them with His power, and accomplishes tremendous things for His glory. Are you ready to be involved in the work that God is accomplishing in the world? Dare to surrender yourself to Him and watch Him work. Thanks so much for joining us today. 
Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. Trials are never fun or easy. None of us get very excited about them. Some trials come because of our disobedience, and some come because of our obedience. In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark reminds us that God will use trials to drive us to a greater dependence upon Him. We should welcome trials, as uncomfortable as they may be, as opportunities to lean more upon our God and to strengthen our faith. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through the Gospel of Matthew. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurry